Hey everybody, welcome to episode 299 of the Running Rogue Podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from a very cold day here in Texas. We are at, I think, 16 degrees this morning, wind chill in the single digits. I know there are parts of the country that are even colder than here, so hopefully everybody's saying, staying safe and warm during this holiday season. But it's a chilly one. Either way, though, I'm excited to talk about my topic for today. I mentioned a couple of episodes ago when I was talking about winter training that this is a good time to do some planning and goal setting for 2023. And so what I want to talk about today is how do you think about that in a way that's not only productive and helpful, but also going to get you to those goals in the best possible fashion with the best opportunity to achieve them. So we're going to talk about how do you think about goal setting and planning for 2023. I've got six steps for you to do that, and we're going to walk through these six steps in sequence. I do think it's important to follow these steps in sequence because, again, it will impact your ability to get to these goals most successfully. So hopefully you take a close listen to this. Before we get there, though, of course, got a couple of notes. One, wanted to thank my sponsor for this episode, Athletic Greens. They've been a partner now for almost six months and it's something that I take daily. I'll talk more about them and give you an offer code mid-episode. Also, quickly, since it is cold outside, wanted to mention something I forgot to talk about in episode 297 when I was talking about winter training. I forgot to specifically mention socks talked about cold weather gear but didn't mention specifically some notes on socks which i think are particularly helpful so i wanted to mention those now so hopefully you can save your feet in these colder months first of all i have a big recommendation i talked about on my running hacks episode that you buy and invest in wool socks smart wool is one of my favorites but there are others out there Get get yourself some wool socks. They can actually serve you well during the warmer months as well, but definitely are critical during the winter when the temperatures drop below 30 degrees Fahrenheit. You definitely want to make sure you have on some wool socks. Wool socks can also be a good base layer sock that can sit under another sock if you happen to have to double layer socks on those really, really cold, perhaps single digit or low teen digit days. So get yourself some wool socks. If you don't have wool socks or don't have them yet, then I would encourage you to potentially consider consider double up, doubling up your socks on those really cold days. But you have to be very cautious about it because one thing that can happen is if we sequence those or layer those socks in the wrong way, then what can happen is that the sweat from your feet get trapped inside that second sock, that outer layer, and then that sweat sits on your foot and just freezes and makes your feet even colder. So you have to be really careful about that. You want to make sure that if you are wearing multiple socks, that that sock layer closest to your skin is thin and wicking so that it pulls the moisture away from your foot to that outer layer sock and then hopefully out towards the outer parts of your shoe so that it can then potentially evaporate into the air. So make sure that either you have wool socks or that you are layering those socks appropriately 
so that you don't end up with freezing feet from sweat, literally freezing inside your shoe. So that's one note on winter gear that I wanted to make before I jump into today's topic. But let's talk about goal setting, planning, particularly appropriate at the beginning of 2023, which might be the time you're listening to this episode, but could be relevant to come back to at other times. So earmark this one, episode 299 for goal setting anytime you need to do it. But I want to talk about six steps, six steps for laying out what your goals are and then sequencing your planning for 2023 or whenever you might be conducting this time. And it's important that I set the stage a little bit and talk about the importance of this sequence. I think there's a a tendency for us to jump into tactics quickly or to think too near term where we might be thinking about a race in the spring in March, April, May and laser focused on that and a specific goal for that. And that's fine. That's obviously an important part of the process. You want to eventually get to understanding that plan for that near term. But I think it's important anytime you're going through this process to step back to make sure that you're setting appropriate context for what you eventually want. What's your big goal? What's the ultimate thing you want in this sport so that you can make sure that the near-term steps are pointing you in a direction to give you the best opportunity to go get that big goal with the highest likelihood at some point in the future. So we want to make sure we're stepping back from the weeds. We're looking at the forest before we get to the trees. So here's Here's the sequence that I would give you. Six steps to plan your 2023. First step, what's the big goal? First step, think about what's the big goal. And when I talk about this, I'm not talking about the near-term goal. I'm not talking about what you think you can accomplish this season. I'm talking about if you step back for a minute, if you dream, if you take a timeline away from the equation, And just think about what is it that I want to go after in the long term in this sport? However, you might be able to think about long term. What do you want? Could be a lot of things. It could be to cover a certain distance. It could be to run a certain time. Could be to Boston qualify, which is a common goal in our sport. It could be to hit another standard, New York qualifier, Chicago qualifier, whatever it may be. So think about what's that big goal that you want. Now, as we're doing that, there's a couple of things to note, some pitfalls perhaps to avoid. What I want what I want you to do here is obviously list all the goals that you might want. So if something pops in your head, I want this in the half, this in the 5K, this in the 10K. I want to cover this distance. I want to do an ultra someday. Make sure you're noting all of those goals as they pop into your head, right? Because it's okay if you have a bunch of things out there that you want to achieve in this sport. But ultimately, what I want you to do is make sure that once you have that list, you're prioritizing it and thinking about what's the most important thing? What gets me going 
the most? What gets me excited the most? What what draws my energy and passion the most? And so then once you have that, sequence your list of goals, first priority down to fourth, fifth, sixth priority, if you have that many, and number them, one through five or six. It doesn't have to be a perfect list. The most important thing is what's at the top of it. But really ask yourself, if you had to get one thing and you could have one thing only in this sport, what would it be? I can tell you for me that for whatever reason, as long as I've been running now for 20 plus years, I've had it in my head that I've wanted to break two hours and 40 minutes in the marathon. I haven't done that yet. It's still a goal ahead of me and I'm working towards it now in in a fun and unique and different way that keeps me excited and engaged. And even at 43, I still believe I can go chase that. But that's the goal that for whatever reason has always been at the top of the heap for me. And sure, I've had other goals to chase certain times in the half and the 10K and the 5K. And I recognize that chasing those times are all important components of ultimately getting what I wanted in the marathon. I also wanted to at some point do an ultra. I got that accomplished. But in spite of having a list of goals that extended beyond that one, the one that mattered the most for me was two hours and 40 minutes in the marathon. It's something I've been chasing for 20 plus years and I continue to chase. And really everything that I do, especially now, points to trying to chase that. Doesn't mean I'm doing the marathon every season. In fact, it took this whole year away from the marathon purposefully because I knew that I had to do that in order to ultimately take steps back towards that sub 240 goal. But that's the thing that's always resonated for me for whatever reason. I don't know why exactly, but that's the thing that's always resonated with me. And for you, it might be different because I want to make sure that everybody understands that it doesn't have to be the marathon. I know that's what's often talked about in our sport, but it doesn't have to be the marathon. Running a fast half or a really fast 5K, those things can be as hard as challenging to work towards, might require additional components outside of training for those specific races in order to achieve them. But the point is, there can be other goals that extend beyond the marathon. So make sure you think about it, you write down that full list of goals, and that you prioritize what's the one that matters most, what's the one that I would be most devastated not to achieve in my life? Or what's the one where I would be most proud if I achieved it in my life? And again, regardless of timeline, think about that. Write it down. Circle it. Number one, what's the, what's the primary goal? Because that becomes our true north. That's the thing around which we shape the other pieces. And again, it doesn't mean... You can't chase the other goals. It just means that you want to make sure that chasing those other goals ultimately puts you in a direction to go get that number one thing that matters the most. So number one, what's your goal? What do you want regardless of timeline? We'll talk about timeline in a second, but for now, regardless of timeline, for as long as it takes, 
I want this thing. Write it down, circle it. That's first step. Second step, critical, and one that people often jump over, and one that I often talk about on this podcast is, why do I want that goal? What does it mean to me? Because you want to connect the, the thing to the reason for it. Why is that important? And you may have some intrinsic understanding of why you want it, but I want you to really crystallize it in a way that you can write it down in a sentence or phrase, even better, that articulates why that thing is important to you. We got to connect the what to the why. Why do we have to connect the what to the why? Because it's going to be very difficult to get the what. If you're dreaming big enough, it's going to be very difficult to get the what. And there will be ups and downs on the pathway to get the what. And if you lose sight of why you want that thing, then it can be very difficult to navigate those ups and downs. It can be very difficult to stay patient in the process. It can be be very difficult to overcome the things you might have to overcome in order to get that thing that you want. Running is not easy. These goals aren't guaranteed. Again, I've been chasing this one goal for over 20 years, still believe that it's out there. And so you want to crystallize the exact reason why you want that thing. And so I encourage you next to write down, to think about what's the purpose? Why do you want that goal? What does it mean to you? What will it mean to you? And there may be a long list, just like there may be a long list of goals. There may be a long list of reasons. Write those all down, but then make sure you're prioritizing the reason that matters the most as well. When we talk about this, I want to make sure that we understand and can articulate that there's a difference between why you run and why you want this goal. A lot of us run for a lot of reasons, and those reasons may evolve over time. That's not what I'm talking about. Why you run, why you like to move your body, why you get out there in nature every day or every other day or several times a week, why you do that is important to understand. But that's different than what I'm talking about here. And there may be some overlap, but more than that, I'm talking about why do you want this goal? Because oftentimes there are different reasons. You know, why you get out there to move and to participate in the sport, that's unique. And it may be related to stress relief, staying healthy, improving and increasing your longevity. Those are all reasons to run, to be active, to have a movement practice. But when it comes to getting a specific goal in this sport, especially when we're talking about longer races, typically that's something else. Because you can achieve stress reduction, you can achieve community, you can achieve longevity and life and health by doing things much less rigorous than I typically talk about on this podcast. 
all of those things can be achieved without the struggle and suffering and challenge that we talk about on this podcast. And so oftentimes when we're talking about that pinnacle thing, chasing that big goal, the one that's going to make us hurt, the one that's going to be hard, the one that's going to cause us struggle, that's going to have ups and downs. We're talking about that. We're talking about very something very specific, something unique that's feeding us towards that, that extends well beyond just stress reduction or health. So make sure that, again, you write all those reasons, but then you crystallize it to that thing that matters the most to you, that reason that's most important. Typically, what I've found in having a lot of conversations about this is that it typically comes down to people wanting to prove something to themselves. Intrinsic motivation is, according to science, more powerful than extrinsic motivation. And so typically, not always, but typically, there's something inside of you that says, I want this to prove something to myself, maybe to prove something to someone else, but oftentimes, even in those situations, we can circle it back to there's really something inside of me that's missing that that person validates externally in my world. But think about it, crystallize it, and this is getting to deep existential questions sometimes that cause us to perhaps confront our own value and self-worth and how we think about our own value and self-worth. And that's okay because this is where we get to the good stuff. This is the powerful stuff. And I would encourage you to think about that yourself. Find someone that you trust close to you who you can have these conversations with so that you can test these thoughts with somebody who knows you well. Could be a coach, could be a partner, could be a close running friend. Have the conversation. Talk some of this stuff out. Help them sharpen based on what they know about you. So that you can crystallize this why into a simple phrase or sentence that says, I want this goal because. Now, this is hard. This is hard stuff. This requires internal examination. It requires perhaps marinating on it a little bit. So you may not get to this answer quickly and that's okay. I also want to make sure that as a part of your process for doing this, that you don't take it too superficially, that you make sure that you're digging deep and asking yourself the second and third and fourth order questions of why do I want this thing? How do we get there though? Where do you start? Sometimes that's a struggle. And one of the places that I like to start in answering this question is thinking about the future, thinking about that finish line where you achieve your goal and thinking about what you would feel in that moment. What would you be proud of? What would be the feelings that would come? If you imagine yourself crying, why would you be crying? What would it mean to you in that moment? What would it represent in terms of what you've been able to overcome to get there? Think about that moment. Visualize yourself getting to that finish line with your goal in hand and then connect that to the feelings that might come with that moment. That type of thinking often points us to the reasons 
why we want what we want. So make sure you take your time with it, that you crystallize it, write it down in a phrase, a sentence, no more than that. And then I want you to sit on that for a moment. Try it on for size. Let it sink in. Come back to it periodically. Ask yourself, does that still resonate once I've written it down? If it doesn't, iterate. If it does, that means you're on to something. Because then I want you to save that writing. Ideally, post it somewhere prominent. But if you don't want to do that, save it something. Save it somewhere where you can come back to it with frequency. Because anytime you have struggles, challenge, setbacks, moments where you feel like it's too far away, I want you to come back to that writing, to that reason, and use that as fuel for your fire to keep going. Because most likely your reasons for wanting that thing are not going to change, even though your circumstances and the challenges associated with getting that goal will. So if you can come back to that as true north, it'll keep you motivated to keep working towards it. It'll also be something you can come back to in future planning sessions in order to sort through where you need to go next if you're not quite there. So that's step number two. Why do you want the goal? What's your purpose? Step one, what's the goal? Step two, what's your purpose for that goal? Why do you want it? Make sure you have that crystallized before you do anything else. Then we go to step three. Step three starts to get more practical again. So we go from existential to practical again. Number three, again, regardless of timeline, we're still not talking about timelines yet. I want you to think about what components do I need to get the goal? What am I missing? What do I need to work on? My goal is in the marathon. What do I need to do in other distances that would point to me being able to accomplish that in the marathon? My goal is in the half. What do I need to run in the 5K or 10K that would point to the ability to run that time for a half? Beyond looking at racing times, what are the components in training that I need to continue to evolve and develop? It could be total training volume. It could be speed. It could be adding strength to the equation. Create that list of the gaps, the components that you need to work on. And as a part of that process, one of the things that I would encourage you do is lay out all of your personal bests, 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. Lay at least those four out. If you have others, lay out the rest, one mile, 10 mile, whatever it may be. Lay out those personal bests. Then go to one of the race calculators. I use McMillan's calculator, but there are other calculators out there. Put your goal time into that calculator and then look at the equivalent race times you would need in, others, in other distances that would point to your ability to go get that goal. So I just did this exercise with one of my athletes who's chasing a four-hour marathon as an example, and in that case, she would need 24.38 in the 5K, 51.09 in the 10K, 
154 in the half marathon, four hours in the marathon, according to McMillan's calculator. And there may be other calculators that would give you slightly different output. It doesn't really matter because all of it, all, all it's going to do in comparing those times, those calculated times to your PRs is point to some opportunity areas. So then I would encourage you to look at that list, calculated equivalent race times versus with your goal against your PRs and look at where are the biggest gaps? Where do you have the most opportunity? And that's not to say that you're necessarily ever going to be able to have all those numbers match up perfectly because we all have different strengths and, and weaknesses. And you know, I'm not necessarily a 5K specialist. My output for a 5K related to running a 240 is going to be different than I can probably actually achieve. But if I look at the gaps, then I know that one of my biggest opportunity is there. And so I have to make sure that I'm spending time on speed, which I've been doing for the last year if I want to go chase that 240 goal again. Even if I never get that target 5K time, it still is a way to highlight where the opportunity is. So do that. That's an objective way to evaluate where you have opportunity do I need to go work on 5K, 10K speed more? Or perhaps do I need to go work on the half marathon, which would be a way to work on aerobic strength that's also going to lend itself to the other distances in a positive way? If I'm not a marathoner, I don't necessarily have to look at that, but where does my marathon goal sit relative to what I, what I, what I want to accomplish and how does that fit into the overall equation? So lay out those times and use that as a way to identify the opportunities of where you need to work. Oftentimes, for those of us that like to hang out at the half marathon and marathon, there's opportunities on the 5K and 10K end. And as, as I've talked about many times in this podcast, you need to go chase that. You need to train speed. We need to mix up periods where we're working on speed and half distance and marathon distance and not just going from marathon to marathon or half marathon to marathon or half marathon to half marathon without working in those other distances because the faster you can run a 5k the faster you can run a half the faster you can run a marathon and so forth so we have to be well-rounded we have to maintain our speed while also periodically working on aerobic strength and or, uh, and or our ability to sustain pace for the marathon distance if that's something you're training for. So make sure that you know where your opportunities are. And then beyond that, beyond where it shows up looking at those race times, think about what else do I need to do? What else do I need to incorporate? And create that list of components. This isn't a list, to be clear, that we're going to tackle all at once because you can't, but it is going to help us then work towards, okay, what's the sequence of things I need to do in order to get that ultimate thing? So lay out those components, write that down. I need to work on my 5K, 10K speed. I need to incorporate strength in a sustainable way. I need to build my overall weekly volume to higher peaks so that I have the aerobic capacity to go chase the goals that I want to chase. Those are the things you want to be writing down. For me, if I look at my 
journey towards 240. And this year was really going to be about getting back to the basics of speed, strength, and ultimately as a part of the process, I ended up lingering longer on speed and strength than I anticipated because I found as I got into it that my opportunities there were even greater than I anticipated. But the point is, at the beginning of this year, pointing towards my goal to get to 240, I knew that I needed to get back to speed, that I needed to incorporate strength in a sustainable way, that I needed, of course, to maintain connection with my aerobic foundation, but as somebody who's been consistently training with relatively high volume for over 20 years, aerobic capacity is not the opportunity. I have plenty of that, and yes, I can't lose touch with it, and yes, when I get to chasing that 240 specifically in a cycle, I'm going to need to be running relatively high volume. But I know that's a strength that I have that isn't necessarily something I need to work on, but that I needed to spend time working on some other things before I went back and chased this goal again to run under two hours and 40 minutes. So what are those components for you? Write them down. That's step number three. Before we get to step number four, I want to talk about my partnership with Athletic Greens. They've been a partner of mine for about six months now. I've been taking it daily, pretty much without without a break since the summer. And I've even taken advantage of their travel packs when I've been on trips, taking their single serve travel packs so that I can continue to stay connected to this habit that is helping me get the micronutrients that I need to make sure I can perform best as a runner. So I take it every morning, typically after my workout, my run, before I get breakfast. It's easy. You put it in some water, you mix it up, you shake it up, you put it back. The flavor actually tastes really good. It's a sort of a neutral, tropical flavor. It's become a daily part of my routine that I really look forward to as a way to set the tone for my day that makes me feel good about getting all the things that I need to stay up on the micronutrient levels that I actually got behind on at this time last year. I love it because it has all the micronutrients that I need, but it also has a superfood complex. It has prebiotics, probiotics for gut health. It has adaptogens, which help with recovery. So it's more than just the micronutrients. It's also made with high quality ingredients that are scientifically proven and tested, cost less than a cup of coffee a day, and it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it fits all of those categories. So I highly recommend it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash running rogue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash running rogue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So go check it out. All right, let's jump back into the conversation, getting to step four here. Now we can talk about short-term timeline. We've got to sequence it. So we've 
established our goal. We've identified the why, the purpose for that goal. We've thought about what are the components that I need to get that goal. And next, you want to start thinking about timing and sequence. Before we get to the exact order, though, I want you to first find races that excite you in the distances that you need. So if I think about the components from step three, if I think, well, I need to work on 5K speed or 10K speed or a better half, what are the races around me in my area or that I've thought about that would be exciting and interesting? And of course, pair that with the races in your target distance that would ultimately be exciting it well as well, regardless of what that might be. Because it's critical as a part of this process that we're excited about what we're doing. I don't want you to pick races simply because you need to run a race of a certain distance. I mean, yes, you want to make sure you're hitting the distances that are weak areas, but you want to do it in a way that fits with something that's interesting to you, that gets you excited, that gets you up in the morning in training. And so find some races that would excite you at those distances. And that might mean recruiting others to go do it with you. That might mean searching a little bit to find things that would be interesting, whether that be locally or to find destination races that would be exciting if you have the means to do that. But Look for those races that are exciting. It also means, frankly, depending on where you live, it means understanding the racing season in your area and how the weather might affect that. I think I've talked about it before, but the Austin racing season is typically fall, winter, early spring. We don't have a lot of races over the summer, so it's because it gets too hot. So it's not practical for me necessarily to train for a half marathon in the summer, for example, because we just don't have races of that distance typically happening in that window. So there may be a factor here of timing that comes into play because of where you are, but I want you to create that list of races that excite you in 2023, regardless of the exact timing of them, because I want you to gravitate ultimately towards those races. And again, we're not fully sequencing yet, but we're still kind of creating that list of possibilities. So step three, what are the components I need to work on? Step four, what would be the races that I could go to to potentially match up with working on some of those components? And what's exciting to me? What's interesting? I never want you to sign up for a race that doesn't have some meaning to you at some level. It doesn't have to be super deep, especially for the shorter ones. But hey, it's fun to go do a local 5K, and so maybe that's interesting to you. Or maybe you have a friend doing it, or maybe you can have somebody come out and cheer you on, and that would be fun. So find those things that would be exciting. Find those races that would be exciting. Write them down. And I suspect you'll have some history too, perhaps races you've done in the past that you can think back on and perhaps think about doing again in order to get faster or connect to that prior experience that you may have had there. So find those races that excite you in the distances that you need in 2023. And then step five. Step five is then we got to sequence. Sequence the work and sequence the races. 
I've talked about it before on this podcast, but I want to iterate or reiterate on it right now, which is that you can only peak two or three times a year. You can only peak two or three times a year. That's how human physiology works. We need to periodize our work towards a peak. Then after we come off that peak, the body has a natural recovery period where you will detrain so that you can retrain to a higher place. And there's a natural ebb and flow that is nonlinear, but hopefully ultimately trending in the upward direction that allows you to get the most potential out of yourself if you're patient and choose those peaks wisely. So if you're thinking about 2023, you're only gonna be able to really chase two or three peaks, two or three what I like to call A goals. The, the races that you circle in the calendar that mean more than anything else that all of your training is structured around. So what that means is if you have two or three peaks is that you're going to have two or three big cycles of training. And in each of those cycles of training, you're going to be able to work on one max two specific things. And I would argue that I want you to just pick one at a time. Because if you take a long-term patient view and you really prioritize working on one thing at a time and doing it as thoroughly as possible, then that's going to set you up for that best long-term trajectory while also minimizing the risk of injury that comes with getting too greedy with trying to do too much at one time. So I would then start to lay out the year in sequences with two to three max periods that you can plan that would have an A race at the end of it and then a focal point for that training, a singular focal point for that training that would address one of the components that we talked about in step three or that you've written down in step three. So if I need to work on speed, for example, the 5K or 10K distance, perhaps I spend time in the first part of the year gearing up towards a spring 5K or 10K where the focus is on working on the higher end of paces, working on the higher end of speed, perhaps doing workouts that I haven't done before so that I can ultimately get a better 5K or 10K time that would then translate down the road into faster times at longer distances. But if that's the focus, if speed's the focus, sure, you're going to be running a full training load. You're going to be making sure that that component has the easy running, some longer runs with the higher quality, higher intensity quality sessions as well. So there's going to be obviously the full set of components in a training cycle as a part of that. But for you, the speed, the quality, the high-end speed work is the focus. So when in doubt, you're going to let some of those other elements take a back seat. Still do them, of course, but you're not going to necessarily try to, at the same time, run your highest volume ever, for example. You're not necessarily 
at the same time going to be introducing a heavy lifting program that would allow you to work on the strength part of the equation in a different way. So, not to say you won't be doing some strength, but you're not going to be changing massively the component there. You're going to be focused primarily on speed. If I think back to my year, first part of the year, working purely on speed, higher end speed workouts, then added strength in a more rigorous way with heavier weights than I ever have working with a training trainer starting in June. And I've been doing that ever since. And while I've still been working on speed throughout the year, I deprioritized that in favor of strength over the last four or five months because I knew that if something had to give at any point, I would lean back on the priority element as the number one thing that mattered that I put first in the week where if I had to make adjustments, I made adjustments to everything else and kept that piece, that component, the same. So that's the point of choosing an emphasis for a given period. Choose an A race and then choose a training emphasis and do that in the chunks of the year that make most sense. So first chunk of the year might be speed and, and higher in quality focus. The next chunk of the year might be working on the half marathon distance while also trying to, as a training focus, build volume to a slightly higher place than it's ever been. And I, I don't recommend ever in, increasing your peak volume from one cycle to the next by more than 20%, typically as a rule of thumb. So if I ran 40 miles per week in a prior peak, I wouldn't go up by more than about eight miles in the next peak, obviously building to that point over many months versus just from one week to the next. But that next cycle for the year might be half marathon focus with a an incremental focus as a part of training on training volume. Or maybe it's different. Maybe I'm working on the marathon and training volume is my focus. Maybe I'm working on the half, but strength is my focus. And I'm incorporating a heavy lifting program in a way that I never have. And therefore, some of the elements of the half program get pulled back a little bit so that it all fits together in a way that's sustainable. But now you want to put those pieces together. The races that you're excited about, prioritize two or three as A races. Again, that's not necessarily all the racing you do. You may have prep races, other races that you do in build to those peak races. But the ones you're really going for, the, one you're, the ones you're creating training blocks around, the ones that you're prioritizing at all costs are those two or three A races, those two or three peaks. And those should be four to five months apart in order to give yourself time to appropriately sequence that work. And then for each of those four or five month chunks gearing up for the A race, then the question becomes, what's my training focus? What am I going to incrementally work on in this block of training to ultimately build towards the goal to work the weaknesses that I identified in step three in order to get what I want? 
write that down as well for each. So each cycle has a peak race, an A race that you've circled each four or five month cycle. And each race, each training cycle within that has a primary focus, a component that I want to work on that I've identified in section three that's ultimately going to help me get to the big goal from step one. So if you've done that appropriately, you're going to have two or three cycles of training in 2023 where you have two or three peak races identified. All of those races should excite you, should also in some way address the weaknesses and challenges that you need to address in getting towards your goal from step one. And for each of those two or three cycles, you have a primary training focus identified that's going to be compatible with the race distance and also compatible with your list of opportunities that you have identified in step three. That's what we're looking for in step five is then the overall skeleton plan for 2023, and it may extend into 2024 as well, which is absolutely okay. Now, once I have that established, and I feel good about it, and I'm excited about it, and by the way, this is all in pencil. This isn't necessarily something that is permanently in pen that you have to live by, you know, You can let it evolve as things evolve as you get through each of the chunks of work. And that's okay. That's a part of the process. And so then we get to step six. Step six is the last step. And it's simply about then taking that next training cycle, that next A race you've got circled on the calendar, and then putting together your training plan, your periodized training plan, to get to the point where you're ready to crush that peak, ready to dominate that race and take that next big step forward in your planning. Now, obviously, with this podcast, I've talked a lot about building training plans and I've got components of that in every episode to some extent. I would encourage you for that to go back to episode 137, an episode I did with one of our coaches, Jen Harney, where we talked about building a training plan There are other episodes where I talk about building specific a periodization plan. But now that you have that peak race, that goal race, you need to figure out a plan. And you could build that yourself. You could work with a coach. You could find a plan that you can execute online. Doesn't necessarily matter exactly where you get that, but it should be based on the fundamental principles that I talked about in this, in this, that I talk about in this podcast. I also have the podcast training group about to open up on January 3rd. So if you're interested in joining us, we always have tracks in each of our seasons for speed track, half track, full track. I can can accommodate with this next season, which will be season 11 for us with that group. can accommodate races really from March into early June regardless of what distance you might be racing. So if you want to join us on that journey and join a group of really supportive other athletes through a virtual platform, then that's something you can look at. And I'll have all of that posted for sign up on January 3rd. And you can find that information now by going to virtual group training link on our site if you go to roguerunning.com. But the point is, it doesn't necessarily matter exactly 
how you get your plan, but what matters is that you have a plan. And that you don't wing it, that you lay it out in a way that thought that's thoughtful and, and makes sense, that has you first in some sort of priming phase to start to prime your body for the work to come, then gets into an aerobic strength phase where you're working on endurance or your body's staying power, your ability to sustain pace for longer periods. Then you get into that race-specific phase where you're working on race-specific pacing and making sure that you can run race pace efficiently. And then, of course, from there that you taper in a way that allows you to peak and be most fresh on race day itself. But it doesn't happen by accident. Getting to a peak in a way that allows you to put your best foot forward happens through planning and through purpose. And so if you've gotten through all of these steps and now you know exactly what you want to go tackle first in 2023, don't neglect the last step, which is making sure that you have a day-by-day plan to get you there that will allow you to put your best foot forward whenever that race may be. So that's step six. Build your training plan, your training macro from now until that first big race of 2023 so that you have all the steps laid out so then it just becomes paint by numbers. Do exactly what's on your plan. And that's not to say it won't evolve and change and you won't need to make adjustments as you go because that happens and there's no such thing as a perfect training cycle. There's always something that pops up, whether that be sickness, travel, or a little niggle that you have to work through. That's a part of the process, but then you make those adjustments in real time in order to keep on track towards the goal. But as long as you have that framework, then you have a structure from which you can work from in order to make adjustments as needed as you go. So there you go. That's it for this episode. Six steps to goal setting and planning for 2023. Again, quickly, what's the big goal regardless of timeline? What do you want out there in your future more than anything else? Two, why do you want it? What's the purpose? So that that then can become your true north to stay motivated and focused regardless of what you might face along the way. Step three, what are the components? What do you need to work on to ultimately get that goal? Not only from a race standpoint, but also from the components of other components of training that are going to point you to the direction of having the skills you need to achieve that goal. Step four, what are the races in the context of that that excite you, that would get you motivated to go out and train? Step five, then how do we sequence that in a way throughout a year that gives you two or three potential peak races in the year where you're also working on one, max two training components in order to build towards the ultimate goal in the longer term. And then step six, of course, what's the training schedule in the near term over the next four or five months to get to that first peak? That's how you plan your 2023 and beyond. Thanks for listening. Everybody have a happy holiday. Thanks to to my partner, Athletic Greens, for supporting this episode. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about Rogue Running or the podcast training group that I just mentioned, go to roguerunning.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.